Good morning. As Tony said, welcome to uh, Senior Sunday. Hopefully you've got one of these uh, senior info brochures. I don't know what we call them exactly, but hopefully you've got one of those you can read up on our graduates. Uh, we are glad you're here this morning. Today is a special day uh, as we're going to take some time to honor our graduates and we're going to present Bibles to them and then our shepherds will uh, be praying over them. So this is a, a milestone well worth celebrating, so we're glad that you're here today. If you would, do me a favor. Look, and this could be weird, but look at your hands just for a second. Because our, your hands, our hands are going to play a, as a kind of a visual reminder of today's focus about what we talk about. And the good news is you're taking your hands with you, so you should remember this lesson for a long time, at least all the way through lunch. But um, there, there are two positions that I kind of want to talk about that, that our hands can take. One is the, the laying on of hands. Often we, we pray for and over people, and, and we value the idea of gathering around them and laying a hand on their back, their shoulder, their head of those that we are sending off. And we're going to do that a little, a little while. Position two is, is one you're probably even more accustomed to, right? This is boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, parent, child, holding hands, friend to friend. This is a position of relationship. It, re- it represents a close connection and reminder that we're all in this together. Whenever we send off an individual or a team to Honduras or Ghana or China or when we have Let's Start Talking groups go out, we typically have them come up here and we surround them and offer a prayer of blessing for their trip. But we're doing something else when we do that, aren't we? Because we, we are send, as we are sending them out to their destination, we're also commissioning them. But what's, what's the point of commissioning? Have you ever really thought of that before? I mean, I, I love it when we, when we have a group come up here and we pray over them. Or when we bless our, our missionaries. Because we're not just saying, good luck, you know, God bless. But we are charging them with a task. Or in, in the context of, of the church, uh, we are putting our faith into action. And so I find myself asking the question, how am I doing that? Am I, how am I putting my faith into action? And if I can, I want to ask you the same question to be thinking about that. How are you putting your faith into action? Because I believe that Jesus has commissioned all of us. He has commissioned all of us to do just that, to put our faith into action. You know, if you, only, if you, if you knew for sure you only had a little time left to spend with your closest friends, what would you do? I, I would wager that you would, your final words and actions with them would be pretty deliberate. And we see that with Jesus at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And so we're going to look at Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And I apologize, that's really small font. But that's all right. Uh, starting in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. This passage most likely is not unfamiliar to you. These are some of Jesus' final words to his closest followers. And we've, we've labeled Matthew 28, 18 through 20 as, as the great commission. At the heart of Jesus' words, he's, he's saying, put all of this, this time that I've poured into you, all of this relationship, all that you've learned while I've spent with you, put all this into action. It's time to put your faith into action. Uh, a couple of definitions of commission uh, are, for instance, a power or authority. An entity or group that contains a level of control over something. For example, the, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, they've been given authority over radio and advertising to determine what the accept, acceptable standards are, and then they've got the power to respond to anything that goes against those standards. Another definition is a command to action. So we've got a noun and we've got a verb. In this, in this instance, in a lot of cases, uh, a private individual or a group or a government entity or a business will hire or commission a project. It's a very popular idea in the art world. Again, an example would be the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And that's a lot to take in, but that's pictures of that, ce- of that uh, Sistine Chapel ceiling there. The short story is that Pope Julius II commissioned Michelangelo to, to paint the ceiling in, in 1506. And after avoiding the job for two years, uh, the sculptor, because he didn't really consider himself a painter, which is beyond me after seeing his paintings, but he really didn't consider himself to be much of a painter, he took four years to paint it. And it is considered a cornerstone piece of Renaissance art. That was something that was commissioned for him to do. So with those two definitions of commission in mind, consider the opening words of Jesus in this passage when he says, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So here we see the power, we see the authority. He also says, therefore go and make disciples. And that's our command to action. It's pretty phenomenal, really, because Jesus gives these teenagers and these young men in their 20s marching orders to carry out his mission to reach the world. And this is not just a statement that that Jesus is making to his disciples back then, but this is a statement Jesus is saying to all of his followers to this day. So we have this command to action from the authority of authorities, the power of powers, right? So... So take a moment and think about this question. Where, where is God calling me to action? Is it at home? At school? At work? Uh, in your social circles? Maybe it's in the times going between all of those other things. Or maybe it's some crazy, almost scary thing that God has put on your heart. That he's stirring up within you. It may be taking your gifts and actually using them for him. It may be getting rid of some of the things that are in your life so that you can focus more on him. It may be next door. It may be across the world. I I don't know. Whatever the case is, I believe Jesus has commissioned us to put our faith 
into action. And in the end, it's, it's all about people. And this is where that picture of, of laying on hands, laying on of hands, comes into play. Because Scripture points again and again to moments where there's the laying on of hands. We're going to look at a few examples. In Acts 18, or sorry, 8, 17, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts 13, 3, So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. 1 Timothy 4, 14 says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And then in 2 Timothy 1, 6, For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. So again, this is where we see the laying on of hands. I said, oh, I need my, I need my grant, I need my volunteer to come up here. here here's what I see in this, because the, the church and its authority is passing on that authority to others who are ready to go out. So I'm going to put my clicker down here, but a lot of times the position is here, here, you know, something like this, right? But it's in the position of pushing someone out. Not in, not in anger, not like, get out, not like that, but just a, okay, you know, it's time. It's time to go. And so now it's time for you to go back to your seat. <laughs> so we're, we're commissioning, right? We're sending out. And sometimes it may take a gentle push to do that. Um, my mom had to do a gentle push to get me to join Cub Scouts or to play baseball or whatever. Uh, my wife needed a gentle push to drive her full-size dual-cab Ford F-150 uh, because she had never driven that before when it was her first car. So her dad gently pushed her. So we were familiar with that, the commission to do that. And so sometimes we need that to get us started to take that first step. Maybe the chaos isn't new. Endless war, expanding threats, devastating illness, all of it terrifying. All of it piling up. But one thing has changed. It's never been easier to take it all in. To see the chaos unfold in real time. While only barely being touched by it. It's never been more possible to be of the world without really being in it. Will those of us who worship Christ stand at the water's edge, wishing for the lost to be warmed and fed? Or will we spend our lives in worship by becoming the living sacrifices who stop hoping the chaos won't reach us and start carrying the hope of the gospel to those already drowning? Maybe it's time to go.
So that's our reminder that Matthew 28, 18 is, is the great commission, right? Telling us to go out. But if you're following along in your, your sermon notes, you realize there's more to my sermon. I'm not quite done yet. Otherwise, I'd be the fastest preacher ever, which is not a bad thing. But, uh, yeah, there is more. Because, I don't know about you, sometimes I breeze through the last, that last sentence of the Great Commission. I focus on the go and make, but I forget that last line. And see what the, the, the final words of that commission are. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20 isn't just the Great Commission. It's also the Great Co-mission. I'll, I'll give you a second to see what I did there. Super clever, I'm sure. Um, we often see in the disciples' lives, I mean, from here on through the book of Acts, we see how they've been sent out and into the mission field. And Jesus' final words to them were not, Go away. I'm tired of you guys. In fact, the words weren't even just, just go. He's, his words to his closest friends were, go. And guess what? I'm, I'm going to be there with you. So allow that to sink in. To whatever situation he's calling you to go, he's going to be there walking with you. Jesus has commissioned you to put your faith into action, and he's going to walk in commission with you. This is where that image of holding hands comes into play. And I'm going to call my daughter to come down here real quick. Okay, so I love holding hands with my kids. Just walking along, holding the hand of my daughter. And, and, and you probably can relate to that. And I've found that there's two things that kind of occur when I'm, when I'm holding hands with my daughter. One, she finds comfort. And in moments of uncertainty and fear, you know, sometimes they'll reach out and grab my hand, and then they feel me kind of squeeze back, and I'm like, okay, Dad's here, right? And then there's other times I, I think that holding hands, it, it boosts our kids' confidence, Again, in that moment of uncertainty, now they can walk a little taller. They, they walk a little bolder, and, and they're like, ah, Dad's here. I can do this. Is this uncomfortable? No? Okay. What was I going to say? I'll send you back there. We know that Jesus, Jesus stopped walking physically with the disciples not too long after he said this to his disciples. But through the, the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit, he continued to walk with them. It was in a different way, but it was, it was no less powerful. And in fact, we see in the book of Acts how, how the disciples' authority and power just increased over time as they continued to put more and more faith in God. But it can be hard to step out like that, can't it? I mean, sometimes it may feel like, like you're all alone. And I, I don't have it on the, the screen, but I, it reminds me of that poem, um, Footprints or Footprints in the Sand, where it talks about how Jesus is the one carrying us many times. Because the reality is, He's right there. He's holding our hand. 
And he's saying, I got you. But he also has that other hand on the shoulder kind of pushing us out saying, you've got this. It may take some thought and, and wrestling on your part, but when you choose to trust that he's, he's there and you surrender control to him, there is new levels of con- contentment in your, your faith and in your future. I mean, if he's calling you out in faith, to step out in faith, can you choose to trust him? Will you choose to hand over that control? Now, I do want to say, rather than making this a me challenge where I try to take this on individually and try to do it on my own, I enjoy the we approach. I want to make this a we thing. So utilize the church body. Because 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So the church is meant to be the embodiment of Jesus on earth today. So let's work together in equipping and encouraging and spurring one another on to put our faith into action. In other words, the church is functioning at its best when corporately we're living out the Great Commission while walking in commission with each other. We were called to tackle this, this empowered role that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. So let's take up this attitude as we, as we honor our graduates today because they're on the verge of significant change in their lives. What if we, as, as the commissioned body of Christ, commissioned these young men and women to take these next few years to paint their Sistine Chapel ceiling? What if we commissioned them to put their faith into action and then walked with them in co-mission? There are at least two ways that I, I see that we can do this. First one is pray. Pray for this class as a whole. Pray for them as individuals. Pray regularly. When you see a graduation cap, or you see go into Walmart and you see that they're selling class of 2017 napkins, pray for our graduates. Use reminders like that. The other thing is just communicate. Communicate with this class despite the distance. Don't let the distance be the, the reason why. As you look through this, this thing right here, who, who do you know that you could send a letter to, a note to, that you could send a text to, or maybe even uh, the occasional box of cookies? Right, seniors? We appreciate that. This, this is a commissioning moment. We aren't necessarily sending these seniors out to go out to all nations, but very soon they're going to be going into different schools or different states, different realities. But they don't, they don't have to do it alone. Let's all live out the great commission while living in commission with each other. If, as a community, as a body, we can, we can serve you today... If we can pray for you right now, we want to do that. If you wish to speak privately with an elder, you can meet one in the back. Uh, if you want to be baptized and join in Jesus' great, challenging, life-altering commission, we want to invite you to do that. If there's any way that we can support you as we do our best to put our faith into action too, we invite you to come forward as we stand and as we sing.